Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Edwin, how are you today, sir? Fantastic. Fantastic. Excellent. I'm ready to talk a little bit more about Psalm 30. Very good. So here is how Psalm 30 reads in the NIV. NIV, go for it. How does it do the title? A psalm, a song for the dedication of the temple of David. So, okay. All set off with periods. I was going to ask, is every time you paused, was that a period? Yes. Okay, all yes. right. Do it again and then read the psalm. Okay. A psalm, a song for the dedication of the temple of David. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O oh Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O oh Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O oh Lord, and be merciful to me. O oh Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. Forever. I will forever. give you thanks forever. Yeah, forever Thanksgiving. So what are you looking at? I well, see you trying I, to check something out there. So I, maybe it was just the way it was said in verse 11. Maybe they've all kind of captured that. But the way it, it was done, you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Mm. Uh, you know, you've taken away mm -hmm. the sorrow in the morning and I've got all, all new clothes and it's joy, joy clothes, <laughs> <laughs> party clothes, party garments. Yeah, there you go. I've, I've gone from the clothes that I would wear to a funeral uh -huh. and I'm putting on the clothes I would wear to go to a party. That's right. Friday night. And you've, you've done that for me, Lord. And so mm -hmm. here we have this metaphor mapping on this idea of joy and mourning using the, the clothes that would be worn in yeah. those two different settings to yeah. make the point. Very cool. I like it. I love the poetry. Let's back up, though. In verse 7, mm -hmm. we have this word in the NIV, dismayed. Mm -hmm. In uh, the New King James, it was troubled. And in the it was CSB yesterday, it was terrified. Terrified. When you hide your face from me, or actually, past tense, when you hid mm -hmm. your face from me. Yeah. That's a terror. That is a terror. It is terrifying. This goes back to, what is it, Deuteronomy chapter 31, I think it is. And let me let me just see if I can find this. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, beginning at verse, let's find out here, about verse 17, I think is where it is. 
in Deuteronomy 31, uh, verse 16, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers. Then this people will rise and whore after the foreign gods among them in the land that they are entering, and they will forsake me and break my covenant that I have made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them, and they will be devoured. And many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil that they have done because they have turned to other gods. So this expression, hiding your face, Mm -hmm. uh, it means that what? God is leaving them? Well, so I think in the biblical picture, the idea of God's face, what what was the blessing? Uh, We sing a song of today, may your countenance shine upon us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of God's face being turned toward Israel is the idea of his blessing, the light of his face shining upon them. And so when he has hidden his face, Mm -hmm. the light of his face is removed and the blessing that comes as he looks down upon them. So he hides his face. Now I'm no longer looking at you. I'm no longer protecting you. I'm no longer paying attention to what's going on with you. And that becomes a very terrifying, frightening, dismaying place to be. Well, even as you read it there in Deuteronomy, when he looked away, uh, all the enemies were going to come upon them and they were going to have all these hardships and difficulties. And terrors. Yeah. And by the way, notice that. This gets back to, I can't remember if we've had this conversation with the Psalms or if it was way back in Acts, but... In the Old Testament, even though you have all these pictures of the wrath of God, which we've talked about this week, and God talks about how the punishment that he's going to send, when we actually see it meted out, what it's actually is, is God pulling back his protection and just allowing the natural things to occur. And so Mm. it's not, I got really mad, so I picked up my toys and went home. I got really mad, I beat you up. Um, in, in fact, somebody just pointed this out to me recently. I can't believe I've missed this my whole life. But even in the first couple of pages of the Bible, God doesn't say in the day that you eat from that tree, I'm going to kill you. He says you will die. He says in the day that you, you eat from that die. tree, you'll die. And so when they ate from the tree, they were choosing death and God is pulling back his protective hand. It's not, you've made me mad, now I'm going to kill you. Mm. And mm-hmm. and that's that's really what we see regarding this wrath so often and punishment. It's it's not even that God has there are, taken the stick out and starts yeah. whipping people. It's that God yeah. says, okay, I'm looking away. I'm no longer protecting you. While you have occasions like a Nadab and Abihu or an Uzzah touching the ark, those are few and far between. But this other picture now where God covers his face and draws back the protection, that's like the book of Judges over and over and over again, the book of Kings over and over and over again. You see that a lot. Well, I think you can even make an argument that when God does something where it's him actively like the Nadab and Abihu or the Uzzah, I think an argument might even be able to be made that really what God had done there is sped up the process. Hmm. If he had just allowed them to continue doing what they were doing naturally— it would have produced what they ended up getting, like the flood. Okay. You know, all their thoughts and thinking are only evil continually. They are defiling the land. They are destroying the earth. Eventually, they would have destroyed it themselves and destroyed themselves. God sends the flood. I realize that's very much God interacting and actively doing something to punish. But really, all he's doing is speeding up the process. Hmm. He is is basically saying, you know, we're going to jump a couple hundred years. Hmm. This is where you would have gotten the earth. I'm just going to do it now, and and we'll we'll move forward after that. (laughs) So I think a case can be made. 
That's interesting. Let's get, let's get back to our psalm. So we were talking about what's dismaying and troubling, which is God hiding his face. So God hid his face, and David is dismayed. Here's the mistake I think I was tempted to make with this psalm, and that is is that back in verse 1, I will extol you, o, and I'm, I'm in Psalm 30 now, Psalm mm-hmm. 30, verse 1, okay. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. Then we get to verse 7, where at the end of it, it says, I was dismayed. And we move into verse 8, to you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord, I plead for mercy. And I, what I wanted to do initially was to um, connect those things, that he mm-hmm. is saving him from his foes when he cried out. He is saving him from the dismay when he cried out. But the more I thought about it and the more I looked at it, I don't think he's saying that he saved, or I don't think David is saying, you saved me from dismay. He's actually saying, you dis- you saved me by dismay. That by this terror, by yes. this dismay, there was something saving coming out of that? Yes. Okay. okay. And so I'm intrigued. God produced dismay in David because it was that dismay that would prompt David to turn back to him. The dismay would prompt a repentance. Yes. Okay. So when David was in his prosperity, mm-hmm. he gets to his pride. He starts thinking, I'm the one that's accomplished this. I think this is what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. This, I'm the one that's accomplished this. I shall not be moved. I which, shall which not be moved. How the wicked were talking back mm-hmm. in Psalm 10. When they were saying there was no God. Mm-hmm. By the way, this hiding of the face, that that picture in Deuteronomy is the one of having gone after idols. I don't think David went after idols, no. but it's the but it's the issue of he's he's prompting himself up, which is which is a form of idolatry. Yeah. Yeah. And so God hides his face, which produces the dismay. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord has removed his protecting hand, David is now terrified, he is troubled, he is dismayed, and it's that that reminds him how much he needs God. Which, by the way, explains why God was was promising to do that back in Deuteronomy. He wants Israel, look, if you guys forget who I am, forget that it's me, and you turn to idolatry, I'm going to let you get into a situation of dismay. I'm going to hide my face for you to realize how much you need me. Or remind you. So this this willingness to take the dismay or the terror and, I guess, bring bring about repentance— do you see that speaking in some way to this idea that David is a man after God's own heart? Listen, I absolutely do. In fact, yeah, I'm so thankful. I appreciate folks who send us messages. We received a message just the other day from from one of our listeners, uh, Michelle, and I appreciate her encouragement. And she was talking about one of our earlier psalms, and she saw that in Psalm 28. When in Psalm 28, David talked about the difference between those who who gave regard to that work of the Lord's hands versus mm-hmm. the work of their own hands. And I think that was a great illustration of David having a heart after God's heart, a man yeah. after God's own heart. Yeah. I really thought the exact same thing here in Psalm 30. Okay. And th- that we've got this demonstration of David being a man after God's own heart. And and I guess what got me there was we've already in our conversations gone back to the covenant that God made with David in 2 Samuel 7. Right. Where very specifically he says, you know, if one of your sons does something wrong, I, yeah, I'll be angry with him. And yes, I'm going to send the rod of men yeah, against him. Them. But he very specifically said, but I will not remove my steadfast love from him like I did Saul. Mm. And we might want to ask ourselves the question, well, that doesn't seem fair. Why does he yeah. why does he maintain the steadfast love for David, but he didn't for Saul? And I think this psalm shows us why. 
Because when God brought David to a point of dismay, when God hid his face from David, mm-hmm. what did David do in response to that? He continued seeking the face of God. Yeah. Do you remember what Saul did when God hid his face from him and quit answering and responding to him? What did Saul do? Yeah, he ultimately turned to mediums and necromancy, things he like this. He inquired after the medium. And, you know, a lot of folks look at that in Saul's life and they're like, well, that just doesn't seem fair. You know, God had stopped answering him. God had hidden his face. No wonder Saul went to seek the medium and the necromancer. Okay, I get if you look at Saul in a vacuum, that doesn't seem fair. But now when I see David, I see what was supposed to happen. When the Lord hides his face, it's supposed to prompt me to realize I need the Lord. Or even, even as you read a moment ago from Deuteronomy. You know, that, that kind of trains up Saul in the way he should go, and that's not the way he went. No, yeah, yeah. It's not like he hadn't shouldn't have heard this. If he had followed the laws of the king where yeah. he had written down his own copy of the law, right. he should have understood if the Lord is hiding his face from me, that means I need to seek him. It's I because I turned away first. Yeah. And so where do we see David as a man after God's own heart? It's that when the dismay came, he allowed it to turn him back to the Lord. I think about Peter when he sank in the water. What did he do? Lord, save me. I think about Paul when he had the thorn in the flesh. What did he do? He prayed to God, and he kept praying to God until God told him. I, and I think we need to think that. When when there is a time of dismay in my life, it's not necessarily a punishment for God because of my sin, but, but whether it's a punishment from God for my sin or it's just the natural course of life, I tell you what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to draw me closer to God. It's supposed to help me realize God is the one I need. I, mm-hmm. I'm only going to get through this if I hang on to God. And I'm going to keep seeking him until he finally responds, because that's what David does here. He wasn't saved from dismay. He was saved by dismay. And that is a powerful insight. We're going to leave that there for today. We'd love to know what you're learning from your reading of the Psalms. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, please pray. Holy God, thank you so much for your, your anger. But thank you for your love that causes your anger to be for a moment and your favor to be for a lifetime. Thank you for your love that causes you when you see a sin to to hide your face, which brings us to dismay, which reminds us how much we need you, which draws us closer to you. You could just leave us in that. You could just just let us go in that, and, and we don't even realize that there's anything that we need to change, but you don't, Father. You, you let us see that we need you, and I am very thankful for that. I pray that for me, for Andrew, for everyone who's listening to these podcasts, that when you bring us to dismay, you will couple it with wisdom from your word, with counselors who, who help us see the truth, and that through all of that, we will be brought back to your throne, giving you thanks and praise, that, that we are disciplined, and we know that in the midst of discipline, that it's, it's not pleasant in the moment, but in the end, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, you can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.